even the difference between an unlisted civilian and the most decorated military personnel is nothing compared to our creator and holy judge of the cosmos becoming human. Hello, you're listening to the Greek to Me podcast, a daily discovery of the New Testament scriptures one word at a time. We hope today's podcast helps you better understand and appreciate God's word. Our word today is hupotasso. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 17 through 19, Peter writes, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. The word I want to point out here is seen in verse 18 as be subject. It's one command in the Greek. It's the word hupotasso. It means to subject yourself to or to obey someone. But there's a word picture here at play that is often the case in the Greek. The first part of the word is hupo. It's a prefix that means under. The second part of the word is tasso. It's a military term meaning to order or arrange yourself according to others. So Peter is literally telling the household servants here to, quote, rank yourself as lower than your masters. And this is more than just recognizing the external power dynamics at play. They didn't need to be reminded that they were slaves or house slaves under the authority of someone else. No, Peter is talking about something internal. He's talking about their attitude, the disposition with which they served. Look at the second part of the command again. How are they to do this? Quote, with all respect, or literally, in all fear. This speaks to a deep humility of loving, happy service. And what's truly significant grammatically is the verb is in the middle voice, meaning it's something that it's done to or for one's self. It's being done by the person here. No doubt, some of these household slaves, they they entered into a situation out of financial necessity, perhaps reluctantly with a sour attitude about doing thankless work or about their low social status. In this case, we can imagine how easy it would be for their hearts not to be in their work, and they just wanted to get through the day or pay their dues until their debt was paid and they could go free. To them, Peter is saying, don't just offer up your hands to your master, but also your heart. In verse 9, he says, being mindful of God. This is voluntarily assuming that the lower rank, being mindful of God, serving accordingly as willing servants, even if it leads to unjust punishment. But why would being mindful of God be helpful here? That's the question as we read this passage. As it turns out, there's not a more compelling example of humble submission than our Lord Jesus Christ. And it all started when he was actually a child. In Luke chapter 2, Luke recounts the story of Jesus as a child going on their annual trip with his parents to Jerusalem at the Feast of the Passover. When the feast was over, Mary and Joseph packed up and they left. But unbeknownst to them, the 12-year-old Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. When they finally noticed his absence, they began searching for him. And after three, I'm sure, long days, they found him in the temple talking with the teachers, and and Luke records in verse 48, and when his parents saw him, they were astonished. 
And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And then verse 51, And he went down, and they came to Nazareth, and he was submissive to them. See, even when Mary and Joseph thought Jesus was a runaway, he was actually being submissive to his heavenly Father. Now that he was of age, according to Jewish law, he was in his Father's house, learning and teaching even. But when his parents appealed to their responsibility that they had as parents for him, he voluntarily ranked himself under them and was, quote, submissive to them. He was submitting himself to two sin-ridden humans that he had helped create. It's amazing. But Christ's exemplary humility becomes even more striking when we consider his incarnation and his suffering. Regarding his incarnation, the writer of Hebrews writes in chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Now in putting everything in submission to him, he left nothing outside his control, that is the Father to the Son. At present, we do not see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who, for a little while, was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And Philippians chapter 2 captures this condescension as well when Paul writes that Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God, who has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Our God knows all about voluntarily, willingly, ranking himself below those he was to serve. Now, thinking about this as a military term, we would be impressed by, say, an admiral in the Navy, willingly serving at the rank of captain, or maybe a five-star general, humbling himself to corporal or even private for the remainder of their career if it served the country. But what Christ has done transcends these categories. Even the, the difference between an unlisted civilian and the most decorated military personnel is nothing compared to our Creator and Holy Judge of the Cosmos, becoming human. But this is what redemption required. This was the only way he could live the life of obedience to God's law that we could not live and live it on our behalf. And this was the only way that he could die a death for our sin that we deserved in our place. And listen, this was a gift that we did not, in fact, deserve for him to give us. And he certainly did not deserve the unjust treatment he received. But as the writer of Hebrews also writes, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He humbled himself, served, gave himself up for us. It was necessary, and he would even say because of his love for us, that it is worth it. In that very same Philippians chapter 2 passage, Scripture commands us to, quote, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility... Count others, we might say rank others, as more significant than yourselves. Here we are given our options. Today, we, we can behave from either selfish preference or selfless deference to others. I can either contend for what benefits me, or I can defer to the needs, even the preferences of my neighbor. I can serve them humbly and want their best at a heart level, 
even if they treat me unfairly. So who is it that is hard for you to humbly serve? Where is it in your life that you find it difficult to drop or even disregard your rank? Maybe you have a legitimate claim to seniority, or maybe you have a degree or special experience or age, but your misplaced pride in these things prohibit you from service. If so, I would say join the club. But let's listen to Peter, and let's first be mindful of God, consider Christ's example, and meditate on how we have benefited from His humility. Now with that in mind, who could benefit or be blessed today by ours.